Hello, everybody. Welcome to Catalyst. I'm Tommy. I'm the uh, youth pastor here. I want to take a moment to talk to you about winter. So we got the Winter Olympics going on. Anybody enjoy watching the Winter Olympics? Yes, no, maybe? It's okay. Y'all can talk. I enjoy it. So Sean White, I don't know if anybody saw it, but had an amazing 100-point run on his uh, activity. I even forget what it's called. That's how big of a fan I am. But half pipe. Thank you. So Sean White, as I was growing up, there was Tony Hawk, all these other different people, and I know that's a skater. But coming up to my senior trip, you see, I live in Texas, so we don't know what real snow is. You know, I mean, for being fair, I mean, I know maybe some of us in the West kind of get a little bit more than us, but in Dallas here, where I grew up, we don't really quite know what real snow is. And so my senior year, we were invited to do a ski trip. And I, of course, never been skiing, so I'm going through this checklist. I've got to have, you know, I mean, we don't know what cold is once again, so I'm like buying bibs and thermal underwear and <laughs> these thick gloves and multiple layers, and I'm packing like five suitcases. And so I, I'm, I'm thinking through all these things, and, and I didn't prepare for skiing as much as I did for possibly being cold. And so we get there, and, you know, I was the cool, you know, senior. Like, and we were there with the whole uh, choir uh, division or office or department, whatever you want to call it. So we're there with the whole choir department. So there's every age, but I'm the senior. So they all went to orientation, and I was like, nah, I don't need orientation. Mind you, I've, I'm not the most coordinated individual. Anybody that's ever worked with me in teens knows I'm the first to get hurt. So that probably wasn't the wisest move. So we go, and, and, and my preparation was a different kind of preparation. But we get up, and, and there's all these color coordinations, right? There's green, there's this pretty diamond, and there's this pretty black diamond. And if you don't know, for those of you who have not gone to orientation, black diamond is actually the professional course. Well, I thought that was a great place for me to start. So we ride up to the top of the mountain, I get to the very top. It was me and my uh, three musketeers, my most loyal friends. There was nobody else. So it's the middle of the week. There's nobody else. Nobody else is on this black diamond. And we get to the top of the mountain. Of course, I fell just getting off the, you know, the lift. But we won't talk about that. We get to the top of this diamond. And I cannot tell you the feeling and the emotion that as I looked out on this mountain and all I saw was white just how beautiful and peaceful, and if you could stop and you could look, because there wasn't a lot of people, there were animals, there were all these different things, and I thought for the very first time, I thought for the very first time, I was in the wilderness. You would think I had all these opportunities growing up, but that was the first time, it was just me, and I had a few friends there, but we just, not that we were scared to go down this black diamond, but we just had this moment this peace, and, and I realized right then why people like Sean White would commit their whole lives to doing this sport of just loving being on this top of this mountain in the wilderness. You see, we're going to talk about the wilderness today, because I don't know about you, and maybe it's not a spot where you're at in your life, but the wilderness comes for us all, and how we prepare, how we move, how we walk through that wilderness defines what we learn when we come out of it. As much as I dislike wilderness periods, I can look back on moments like that Black Diamond Mountain and remember the beauty 
and my life lessons that I took away from it. So just like my crazy ski trip, I want to take a moment and invite you as we join in this Lenten season, reminding ourselves of what it's like to go into the wilderness, to pause and to prepare for what's coming in Easter. Please join us as we sing today. So today is the first Sunday of Lent. Lent is a time in preparation right before Easter. And Lent is a season in the church year where we work on self-reflection. Where we search out where sin is hiding in our lives or where sin has run rampant in our lives. And that we can turn away from our sin and towards God. This year our Lent series is called Devil in the Details. We'll be in the gospel stories of Jesus, and in most of them, the devil shows up. We'll be exploring sin, temptation, and how much the little things matter. We insist that we stop in the midst of our busy lives, that we don't lose God in the details. As we begin our journey towards Easter, let's take a look at Jesus' first confrontation with the devil. Turn with me to Mark chapter 1. If you have one of the Bibles in the back, it can be found on page 599. And if you don't have one of those Bibles, please keep that and consider it a gift from us. This is the beginning of Mark's story about Jesus. Back during Advent, we saw John the baptizer preparing the way for Jesus. Then at the beginning of Epiphany, we saw John baptize Jesus marking the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Today's text brings us right back there. We'll see Jesus baptize and begin his ministry, announcing God's coming kingdom. But pay attention to what happens between the baptism and when he embarks on God's calling. He has a run-in with Satan. One day, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly beloved son, and you bring me great joy. The Spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among the wild animals and angels took care of him. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee, where he, preached the, where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. We might be more familiar with this gospel story uh, from Matthew and Luke, where Jesus and Satan have this back and forth. They have these little tiffs. Jesus three times is tempted by Satan, and three times Jesus resists him. In those stories, the focus is on temptation itself. But Mark does something different here, and that's not an accident. There's a wilderness detour. It certainly looks that, especially if you know the geography of the Holy Land, that Jesus is leaving He's out there on the border. The Jordan River borders the Holy Land and Jesus gets baptized and he's just out. When God freed the Israelites from Egypt, they spent 40 years waiting for God in the wilderness. 
And when it was time for them to enter in the Holy Land, they crossed the Jordan River. So for Jesus to come to Jordan and then out into the wilderness makes it look like he's just leaving. But then Mark tells us he was in the wilderness for 40 days, which points us back to Israel's 40 days in the wilderness. And if I'm being fair and honest, Israel's time in the wilderness was not that good. It was marked by repeated failure to trust God. In fact, the original plan was for Israel to not spend any time in the wilderness. Originally, they were to go forth and conquer the land. But when they got to the edge of Jordan, they were afraid and they didn't think God would go with them. So God took them back out into the wilderness for 40 years of ups and downs, 40 years of camping, essentially, while they learned to trust God to provide. By going into the wilderness, by facing down the temptations of Satan, Jesus is acting out Israel's story. He's taking Israel's failures on himself and succeeding where they failed. Jesus is Israel in the flesh, and he is faithfully redeeming their faithlessness. He's hopeful where they were hopeless. And after this 40 days of temptation, he returns victorious and ready to announce the reign of God is at hand. The wilderness prepared Jesus to accomplish his calling. Before we can be God's people, we have to spend some time in the wilderness. We have to have the trappings of our sinful lives stripped away and be remade as God's people. It's no accident that Lent follows Epiphany. Epiphany celebrates God being revealed to the world. When we see God, it's always an invitation to join into God's work. A revelation of God is always accompanied by an invitation to join God in life, which takes us to the wilderness place where we are reborn, transformed, and made new. And we return ready to fulfill God's call into the world. Wilderness places can actually be good. They can be sources of renewal, refreshment, reframing. They can be times that prepare us for what's ahead. But if we're being honest, if we're being completely honest here, wilderness is hard. It's difficult. I've never seen such thing as an easy wilderness. If it were easy, it wouldn't be the wilderness. What makes it the wilderness is that it doesn't have all the comforts of our home. That's why we just don't go camping in our backyard. We go to get out and away. This is why we look for the season of Lent. We know that the wilderness times will come. Lent invites us to prepare for them. It invites us to prepare, much like we're going on a skiing trip, camping, or any other trip out into the wilderness. We strip away the comforts that insulate us from the reality of our sinfulness so we can face the sin that's sprouting up in our lives. See, I grew up in a church that observed Lent, and if I'm being honest, 
I had no idea what it meant except for we got Long John Silvers on Friday. Right? Anybody else? No? Just me? Still one of my favorite places to this day. Shameless plug. So it didn't seem like a big deal. And to be truthful, I mean, I gave up a lot of things, but I can't tell you one that probably stuck. It was more like a New Year's resolution. And until I started really studying religion, I was in a long journey of studying multiple religions and uh, with my other brothers in interfaith. And I saw the power of fasting. Did I understand Lent's purpose? I had a friend, and this friend is, I mean, some of y'all may know who I'm talking about already, but he has a soda in his hands all the time. Like, I don't know if the guy ever gets water, okay? He gets sick all the time from it, but he never stops. I don't, I don't know why. But we went on a journey together, and I gave up Dr. Pepper, and he gave up soda in general. Dr. Pepper's the only one I drink because it's the only soda, let's be honest. So he gave up all soda, and I gave up Dr. Pepper. And so to go on this journey with him and to prepare, it was a feat, to say the least. But I can tell you, I've been amazed year after year at how much more near God is in my life from fasting from a simple thing like Dr. Pepper or fasting from a simple thing like candy. Not because God moves, but because in the Lenten journey, I travel to God with God. I spend six weeks making space for God to be present in my life, 40 days attending to where God is at work, what work needs to be done in me. And Lent culminates on Easter Sunday when we gather to celebrate Jesus' resurrection and victory over sin. Easter is about what's ahead of us. Where God is taking us. Where new creation God is bringing into being. And God's chosen us. He's chosen each and every one of us to be agents of healing and restoration. So we prepare for that hard work. We fast with God in the wilderness because the work God has for us is too important to be caught unaware. Friends, this is the beginning of Lent. We're at a crossroads. We spent the last six weeks pondering God's call on our life, asking what God would have for us, what it means to be part of a church. We know the road ahead of us. We know the work God is calling us to do, the peacemaking, the bridge building, and welcoming that we saw Jesus do. But before we imitate him in that work, we follow him into the wilderness. We ask God to prepare us for the work that is ahead. You might be in the wilderness right now, you may feel as though you're in between things, waiting for just the real life to begin. You may be, be recovering from a painful trauma, from a lost or broken relationship, or the end of a relationship. 
wondering what the future could possibly look like. You may be on the horizon of a new phase in life, a new relationship, a new life, or an empty nest. If that's you, if you're in the wilderness, you may not have been prepared. You may feel left out in the cold, helpless against the elements, wondering where you're going to find the strength to go on. Know that Lent assures us Christ is in that place with you. That doesn't make this time any less difficult. But it does mean you're going to make it through. Israel left the wilderness eventually. The prophets looked back on the time with fondness. They realized that it was in the wilderness where they learned to love God the most. You're going to make it out of the wilderness, and one day you'll look back with gratitude at this time because God is with you in a way that is difficult to express in these moments. Let that assurance make this season of Lent hope for you. Many of us are not in the wilderness at all. This is a good season for us. We're rocking and rolling. Everything's great. Let me remind you of one thing that we know. The wilderness time comes for everyone. The time to prepare for the wilderness is not when it surprises us, but now. Lent offers us a path of preparation by engaging in the Lenten fast. We prepare for the work God is calling us to. Now is our time to prepare. In the church history, the Lent practice is to select something to give up or to fast from during the week, and on Sundays to celebrate that which we gave up. So I want to invite you with me as we start this journey to ponder on what's something you can give up. And it's not something that is trivial or lightly, but it's something that will allow you to make space for God and the Spirit to work in your life. Friends, Satan is not the only one in the wilderness. The wilderness belongs to God. And even when we walk into the wilderness, we go nowhere. God has not already gone. Christ is in the wilderness with us, offering us his body as his bread and blood as his drink. At the night before his death, he broke bread with his disciples and he said, take this and eat it in memory of me. Likewise, he took the wine and shared it and he said, this is my blood that is poured out for you. Take and drink it. You do not have to be a member of Catalyst to participate in communion today. If you want to be a person that prepares into the Lenten season and meets God, and walks with God in the wilderness. I invite you to join us today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the reminder of your Lenten journey. We thank you for your Son redeeming us faithfully through the wilderness, redeeming us and giving us hope 
and passion and a love. I ask that you be with us and you remind us that the hope is there. Whether we're in the wilderness or whether we're out of the wilderness, we all know the truth that the wilderness comes. Let us use this time to prepare and be ready to do the work God has called us to. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. So I want to take a moment. We talked about fasting and a few different spiritual practices. So you can grab one of these guides on the way out and it explains a little bit more in detail or if it's something you want to do with one of your children, it will give you a great place to start. Now, uh, Catalyst. Uh, we had scheduled a newcomer's lunch today, but due to uh, some difficulties and stuff, we're going to actually move that to next week. So if you were here and you planned on attending the newcomer's lunch, we will just do that next week. Catalyst Church, as we go, as we leave from here, may God prepare you during this season for the work he has called you for. Go in his grace and in his peace, and we'll see you next week.